Hi friend, I am so glad that you are here today for another episode of Powerful Whispers. My guest today is Mac Finner. He shares his powerful testimony of how he went from being an atheist to his faith in Jesus in a radical encounter that I know is going to blow your socks off. He shares a little of how he communicates with God and the importance of obeying God's commands. From small tugs at his heart to stop signs in his path, Mac shares personal experiences that demonstrate the realness of the spiritual realm. Please stay until the end where I share a kitchen tip that's especially useful for the fall. Welcome to Powerful Whispers, the podcast that dives into the extraordinary whispers of God in real and practical ways. Together, we will explore how God speaks to us regarding our body, soul, and spirit. I'm your host, Krista Joy, and I'm excited to have you join me on this journey. As a foodie and a dietitian, I might even sprinkle in some simple food hacks. Let's get ready to dive into the powerful whispers of God and uncover these hidden gems. I am so thrilled to have with us today my special guest, Mac Finner. He is the smartest guy that I know, and I love that he is a self-proclaimed dork. I get a little chuckle out of that because I told him that that was a word that I used way too much in high school, and I was usually referring to myself as a a dork. Um, I'm thrilled to have you here, Mac. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I am a complete dork. (laughs) (laughs) A dork in the best way, because God has gifted you with this amazing brain that can put all of these facts together. And I am so blessed when I listen to your podcast. You have so much depth and knowledge in your podcast. And also your voice is definitely made to have your own podcast. Well, I appreciate the compliment. I've been told that I also have the perfect face for radio. (laughs) No, no. Now that's not nice. Appreciate the compliment about my brain, but you know, I've met people with amazing brains. I'm not one of them, but the Lord has given me depth and an ability to articulate things when I finally grasp them, I can articulate them to others. So that is a blessing. It is a blessing. And I truly appreciate that because I need things brought down to a level that I can understand. And you do that so great. Can you please share with us a little bit about yourself? I'm... A husband and a father and a child of God. And I work a lot. I work in a an oil refinery and I have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of people depending on me. So but it's it's a little tough. We are very involved in the church and whatnot too. So I appreciate you allowing me this time to meet with you. Can you share with everyone a little bit about your testimony and how you first got saved? I didn't know Jesus until I was 33 years old. And before that, well, I I grew up, let me just kind of start from the beginning. I grew up, had a pretty rough childhood. My mom did what she had to do to survive until I was about 10 years old. And uh, I ended up getting a stepdad and he kind of took us off the streets, so to speak, and started teaching me how to be a man and still wasn't introduced to Jesus or anything. Then after I survived childhood, I started looking as a young adult toward the spiritual realm because I could see evidence of the spiritual realm. And I knew that God existed, but I wasn't convinced of this whole Jesus thing, you know? 
And I ended up actually sort of creating my own religion to an extent. Kind of the way I thought of things was if my flesh wanted something, it got it. And so my flesh was doing all of the sinning and my spirit didn't need cheeseburgers or sex out of wedlock or any of these things that I heard were sins. And so I thought, well, how is my spirit sinning if my flesh is doing all of the sinning, you know, and my flesh pays the price for its sin when it dies. And I reasoned that even as a measly human, I could forgive you no matter what you do. But God can't forgive me until there's some horrible, bloody murder on a cross. Okay, now I can forgive you. Well, that didn't make sense to me. And what could I do in my little 80 year on this planet to deserve hell, gnashing of teeth, fire and brimstone, unimaginable torture forever without parole? What could I have done to deserve such a nightmare punishment? So I thought, well, I don't really know about all this Christianity stuff. So unfortunately, I kind of started preaching out against Christianity as a young man. I was in a rock band and uh, I had fans and people who were interested in what I had to say. And I was preaching against Christianity and people, actual Christians were praying for me. And thank God for that because they loved me and they wanted what was best for me. But I looked at their love as judgment, hypocrisy, and even hate. And I hated them back for it. And I was against Christianity and against Christians, but I was at my drummer's house one day, basically preaching out against Christianity. And he brought to my attention that I'm not just two parts, spirit and flesh, but I also have an eternal soul. And he just started talking to me, opened up the scripture and started showing me some things. And as he showed me scripture, it just really rang true in my spirit. And I became to understand that I am a spirit and I have a soul and I'm housed in this body. The reason my flesh has been doing all of this sinning is because I have allowed it. And the reason my flesh was so strong is because I have been feeding and exercising it. And once I realized that, oh my goodness, I am responsible for what my flesh has been doing. I do need a savior. I looked over in my drummer's yard and I saw Jesus Christ in the spirit with his arms wide open and this most, the most amazing look of joy and peace and forgiveness and grace and love in his eyes. And I just fell on my face prostrate in my drummer's yard and started snot crying all in his grass. <laughs> and I've been falling more and more in love with Jesus ever since. And I don't miss a day. I read his word every single day. Wow. That was 15 years ago. That's incredible. I didn't know your testimony. That is so powerful. Looking at our world today, there are so many people that are agnostic or preaching against Christianity that are haters of Christianity. Do you have some words of wisdom to impart for those that might have just happened across this podcast? Or perhaps it's for those that are listening, they have friends that don't believe in Jesus. Do you, is there some wisdom that you could share? Like hmm. Jesus is real. Indeed. So I think that's a good question. I think that the most important thing to understand is that the spiritual realm 
being real has surrounded you with evidence to that fact. In fact, you know, why do we look each other in the eye, for instance? So I've asked people that question, why are you looking me in the eye right now? And he says, out of respect, you know, you're, you're talking to me. Okay. But my mouth is moving and making noise. My hands are flailing around as I'm very expressive. And yet you are looking me in the eye. The reason being is because instinctively, you know that this flesh is not me. I am inside of this body, and you are trying to connect with me, not speak to this avatar, if you will, this this body that you see in front of you. You know, if you have children, when your child opens their eyes for the first time, when you first hold your child, they look at you square in the eye. Because I think we're born knowing that the real you is inside of that body. And go outside and pet your dog. Where does your dog look at you square in the eye? Because even a dog knows that you're inside of that body. There are plenty of signs and and evidence that the spiritual realm is real. And we just overlook those things. But what I do is I sit down with people and talk through some of those issues. And when circumstances arise and I witness it, where I see the evidence, I point it out to people. I'll tell you a little story. Uh, it's a little personal. I hope you don't mind. And there was a situation where a young man was doing something inappropriate, a teenager, in his room by himself. And his mom walked in there and caught him and took his phone from him. And he says, thank you, mom. I didn't want to do it, but I just couldn't stop myself. The real him finally spoke up. I believed those words. Listen, his flesh was able to put him in a cage, lock, put him on lockdown, if you will. I know you don't want to do it, but sit down and shut up. I'm running the show for a little while. And then whenever his mom came in and dominated his flesh for him, even though that's his job, she came in and dominated his flesh for him, and then he was released from the cage and he was truly grateful for that freedom and he says thank you mom and he meant it because that freedom feels amazing and this is evidence that the real you is different than the flesh that everyone sees that you present the world but you can feed and exercise your spirit by reading the word of god spending alone time with god getting to know the Lord, and stop feeding and exercising your flesh, and then you can fulfill your destiny, which is to dominate your flesh, and you rule. You put your flesh on lockdown in the cage, and you say no. It starts with simply saying, nah, I'm not doing that in the name of Jesus. I am a child of the Most High God. I am royalty, co-heir to the throne with Jesus Christ himself. I'm not going to be taking part in some sinful desires of the flesh. I choose Jesus. And then from the inside out, we have this river of life flowing out of us. And we can start to see things in the spiritual realm that people in the world can't see. We obtain spiritual eyes when we allow Holy Spirit to reside within us. That's good. You need to like look into being a speaker. 
<laughs> that's that's amazing. Very very encouraging. And as you were talking about that, I was reminded of your happiness podcast series. And were you a happy person before you became saved? No, ma'am. Okay. No, ma'am. Not at all. So that's incredible because sometimes people are happy and they're not saved and then they find Jesus, of course, have a new happiness. But you had an incredible transformation then if you're going from someone who is not happy to now you're happy, you have Jesus in yourself and you're talking about how to be happy. Well, frankly, I was obsessed with being right, which allowed me to look past the truth into any information that backed up or aligned with my agenda, my philosophies that were based on narcissistic ideas that, you know, I thought would benefit me in some way. And because of the immense trauma and pain that I had been through as a child, I was also being puppetized by a spirit of rage as a young adult and even as a teenager. But when I met Jesus, I was delivered from both of those spirits. You know, for instance, when I was obsessed with being right, I felt like I was surrounded by idiots all the time. Like, oh my goodness, I was complaining about people all the time. But once I was delivered from that, you know, I was okay if you were inaccurate. That didn't matter anymore. All of a sudden, I didn't need to be right. I found joy in being wrong. Sometimes people have a hard time believing it, but I actually enjoy being wrong because usually it means things aren't as bad as I thought. And also, getting rid of the spirit of rage has allowed me to see people the way God sees them and see their destiny, see their purpose, understand that they were made in the very image of God. They were fearfully fearfully and wonderfully made that they have a destiny and that they can have the same peace and joy that I'm walking around with. And my heart is to lead them to it, is to open their eyes, to help shift their perspectives just the slightest bit and understand that they are a decision away from a better a better life, a better path forward. So since you have had so many experiences through your life of, of rage and, and negative emotions, can you help others who might not know how to switch from those negative emotions into positive? Jesus. absolutely so uh you know in my episode i think you're referring to swapping out emotions and and whatnot yes that i speak about in in, uh, one of my episodes but what i'm talking about right now is you know evil spirits that were latched on to me i had to be delivered from those first because i had i felt no control in my life everything was just out of control and i was desperate to find a place in my life where, you know, there was some sort of peace because I think that most people want that peace intuitively. They want to find joy. They want to be happy. And if you, if you don't happen to have a couple of evil spirits latched onto you, then yes, you know, you can be a perspective shift away from having the emotional happiness that I tend to speak about in in that episode you're talking about. But 
a permanent peace and joy that can only come from Jesus Christ. But yes, you can have happiness, the emotional state of happiness in any moment by shifting your perspective. Uh, I'll tell you a story, for instance, talking about shifting your perspective. A friend of mine and I were in his car. He was driving. I was on the passenger side. We're going down the road and we were about to get onto the interstate and another guy in the right-hand lane cuts us off right at the foot of the on-ramp and instead of speeding up to merge into oncoming traffic he slams on the brake right in front of us and yields to the highway traffic well my friend hit the roof he started well he had veins popping out of his neck okay <laughs> He started raging out, and uh, I was a little shocked because it had been a while since I had had road rage, and, uh, but I understood why, but I had been practicing shifting my perspective for quite a while, so we got down the road a little bit, and I asked him, hey, man, if you don't mind me asking, what's got you all wound up? And he said, well, that guy almost hit me. Didn't you see that? I said, yeah, but you know, the word almost by definition means did not. He did not hit you. He could have. He could have hit you and you could have hit this concrete wall right here and flipped over into oncoming traffic and been bleeding out, fading to black as a big rig was bearing down on you. But that did not happen. And that is what has you all wound up. He says, oh, well, I just didn't look at it like that. I said, yeah, the way I see it, Satan just tried to take you out. And the Lord sent a huge angel down with a big shield, and it blocked that car from hitting you and saved your life and gave you a chance to complain about it. This is an opportunity for us to pray for this guy that almost hit us. And, you know, I just started praying out loud, Lord, help that guy get to where he's going safely today, you know, and draw him closer to you, etc. This is an example of the same circumstances we face. We have a choice of how to look at those things. One way we can be extremely grateful and therefore happy because happiness and thankfulness are synonyms. You can be happy just by being thankful, but it takes an asserted effort on your part to shift your perspective from the bad aspects of those things and put them on the good aspects of those things. No matter what, you're always going to have both good and bad in every circumstance. So what do you focus on? And you can tell what people are focused on every day when you are out there at Walmart and you see someone yelling and screaming and doing all the things that people do out there or whether you're at work and people have bad attitudes and chips on their shoulder and they're complaining and blaming and all of that. Well, you can see that they're focused on the bad things and they might have the perspective right now that people like me just have no bad things, no bad circumstances because... I'm focused on the good aspects of things. In fact, people don't even believe it sometimes. I had a guy just yesterday at work. I was focused on the wrong thing at the time, which is me. I was focused on me. Sometimes I, I'm not successful in what I'm preaching here, but I do practice it as much as, I, as much as I possibly can. I'm conscious of it, and I put it into practice every day. But every now and then, I get wrapped up in me. And this guy says, well, hey, man, how do you like this? job that you're doing. I'm, I'm going to call it a project. How do you like this project that you're on? And I said, it's horrible. And I was wrapped up in the fact that I had had to work so many hours. I had worked 77 hours that week and I was tired, worn out. I felt like I was just out there and stuff. And, and although those feelings may be valid, 
they're not necessarily vindicated in making my environment worse by complaining about it. That's not vindicated. When I told him it's horrible, he says, ah, finally, an honest answer. So he's insinuating by saying that, that I've not been honest all of these other times when I've said, I am blessed. I'm so blessed that I've got clean, fresh water coming out of my faucet when I'm brushing my teeth, and I'm not even trying to capture it and save it for later. I just let it run right down the drain. I live like a king. And and people are like, oh, he, he's just joshing me. You know, he can't actually be happy about these circumstances. Well, it's what are you focused on? <laughs> I'm just soaking it all in. It's such good words of wisdom. And the thing that stuck out in my head is people are always watching you. As Christians, they're always watching. And I bet then you are going to use that as an example in the future. Like, okay, God, help me to be that positive example always for those that are watching. Yes. And hopefully I'll make it to that always that hundred percent of the time, you know, but I'm just not there yet. No, I'm practicing. And and you bring up a good point. You know, as Christians, we set an example. I saw this guy who, who uh, asked a question. He says, you know, when you squeeze an orange, what comes out of it? Orange juice. What happens when you squeeze a Christian? What comes out? Christ or self? Ooh, that's good. Yeah, that's a good one. Jesus, help me. I need your help every moment of the day because <laughs> I definitely can't do this on my own. I need Jesus all the time. Absolutely. I want to switch gears a little bit because I love on my podcast when people can share how the Lord communicates with you. And first of all, on day one, you got to see Jesus. Like, wow, that is amazing. And you've also mentioned that you have been woken up and have heard the Lord's voice. I would love if you could share a little bit of how God communicates with you. So God communicates with me in different ways. Sometimes it's a small tug to my heart. Sometimes it's more of a stop sign. Don't do it. A lot of times when he talks to me, when I hear his voice, you know, in my mind and it aligns with my heart at the same time, I just hear the words and I know that it's him. You know, sometimes I'll ask him, was that you? And he says, yes, you know, and I knew that, but it's nice to have the confirmation, but so many different ways, the still small voice, don't do it. He never gets really Well, Years ago, when I quit smoking, the Lord told me to throw my pack of cigarettes in a certain dumpster. And he told me to crush them first and throw them into that dumpster. And it was on the other side of the plant, the refinery I was in. And so I forgot all about it. And I went down the road inside and I saw the dumpster and it reminded me, I was like, ah, that's the dumpster the Lord told me about. So I made an extra little trip over here and I threw the cigarettes out the window And as they were spinning through the air, I realized that I didn't crush them first. And they went into the dumpster. Well, I knew in my heart, in my spirit, "Eh, you got to get out and go get them and crush them. You know, you didn't obey. So I was like, "Ah, I don't have time. You know, I've got guys I need to get going on this job stuff. So I just went on. And I went seven days without a cigarette. And it did not rain for those seven days. Seven days later, when I could think of nothing but a cigarette, I knew where to find some that were not crushed. 
and I went back over to that dumpster, climbed in there, and I had almost a full pack of cigarettes waiting on me. That's one of the, one example of when I didn't obey God, you know, he told me many things, and sometimes I didn't obey, and sometimes I did. And when I didn't obey, man, I regretted it. And uh, when I did, wow, the blessing is just unimaginable. You can't describe it to someone. I'll give you an example of when I did obey God one time. I had recently become a Christian, and this coworker and I used to get along great when I wasn't a Christian, but when I became a Christian, he started treating me horribly. He was so mean and cruel and kind of bullied me at work. And I never would have been bullied before, but I allowed myself to be bullied you know, after becoming a Christian, and I wouldn't partake in the conversations that were happening around me at work. I just couldn't be a part of that. And people bragging about cheating on their wives and whatnot, just the most horrible conversations you can imagine. But like Lot, you know, in the in the Bible, it talks about how he was tormented in his righteous spirit, you know, in his righteous soul. That's the way it felt. You know, I was tormented by people showing each other pornography at work and just all of this horrible stuff, you know, men in the world. So I couldn't partake in any of it. And I think maybe that's part of why he was so angry with me. And he felt like I was a hypocrite, judgmental, and all the things that Christians get accused of. One day, and I just kept trying to show him love, but one day he sneezed and I said, God bless you. And he says, F you, except he, you know, said the word. And it was just very aggressive, very loud. And I had to fight my flesh for a second. My flesh was swelled up. And Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. My battle is not with flesh and blood. I beat my flesh back a little bit. I said, okay, you said to pray for my enemies. Lord, I, I'm not his enemy, but for some reason he sees me as one. Lord, I just pray that you bless his socks off. And God says, what do you think I've got you there for? I said, oh, what you talking about, God? Go bless him. I'm like, I, you want me to go bless him? How? What do you? I, I, first thing I said was, God, you got me bent. I ain't finna go bless this dude, Lord. What are you talking about? Go. And I'm just, because I'm fighting with the Lord. You know, I'm wrestling with him. This feeling in my spirit, you know, grinding on me. And I said, okay, okay, okay. So I got up and I went over to his cubicle and so nervous, so nervous. I said, hey, is there any way I can bless you? He says, what? I said, yeah, uh, first of all, is there anything I need to do to make amends with you? And he says, no. I said, okay, well, well, how can I bless you then, man? I know that, you know, I said, I said, I used to be an inspector. I know you've got a report due out by noon. I can do that report for you if you're busy. And he says, no, man, no, no. I said, okay. And I, suddenly I felt released from this heavy burden to go bless this guy. I obeyed. I started to walk off and the guy turns and says, but thank you. All of a sudden, this man who was attacking me daily, who was bullying me, who was just so adamantly against me, God changed his heart and he was so gentle and genuinely appreciative suddenly this guy was just as gentle as you can get. And I didn't do anything except obey God. And guess what? That guy was never mean to me again. And I heard that he even had my back when I wasn't around and someone else was talking smack about me. And I'm like, look, I couldn't have possibly changed someone's heart. 
but I witnessed God do it through one simple act of obedience, and I didn't even know what to say or what to do. I just went over there and said, God told me to do this. I don't know what I'm going to say or do. And yet, God changed a man's heart. If you would have done things my way, we would have both been fired. Ooh, thank you. That is an incredible testimony and an encouragement to continue to be obedient. Even when it's super scary, you don't know what to do. God will be with you and do amazing things. So, Mac, we're at the end of the interview today. It's been such what? a joy having you, but I want to make sure that you share how people can connect with you. Sure. Well, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, Frontal Lobe Podcast, and you can go to my website, frontallobepodcast.com, and listen to my latest episode. Just dropped an episode about abortion, and if you are pro-life, you definitely want to listen to that, and if you're pro-choice, you definitely want to listen to that. I feel like it's almost impossible to speak about highly emotional topics without offending someone. So if you're interested to know if you're one of the people who are going to be offended by this, make sure to check it out and find out. I have listened to that episode already. You do an amazing job. You have such great scientific evidence that you share in there. And of course, talking about the Lord. So you did an amazing job. Thank you, Mac, for being here today. It's been such a joy talking to you. I am uplifted and encouraged by all that you've shared today. Thank you so much for having me. Let's move on to kitchen tip time. Did you know that we are coming into fresh lemon season? I didn't know that till my son moved down south and he has a lemon tree growing in his yard. It's amazing and beautiful and I have been so much more passionate about lemons seeing the plethora of lemons that come from just one tree. So whether you live down south or you're up north in Minnesota like I am, lemons still are much less expensive in the grocery store now because they're so abundant. Did you know that lemons are great antioxidant and high in vitamin C? Also, it's antibacterial. Some studies are even showing that it may help decrease some cancers and also help decrease heart disease. Knowing that incredible, powerful, packed product that we have, what are you going to do if you go and buy a nice big bag of lemons or happen to have some growing in your yard? One thing I do is I get a whole bunch of those lemons, get them all cleaned off and ready to go. I cut off the rind, put them aside, and then I have my lemons ready to squeeze. I happen to have a wonderful juicer so it makes things really easy, but you don't need a juicer. You can have just one of those little lemon presses or all sorts of ways to get that juice out. But let's talk about those rinds first. You can go and dry those rinds in the oven and add them to your tea. Another thing that I do is if I have a whole bunch of rinds, I do put the rinds in the freezer. And then I take a few out at a time and I put those rinds on my bushes, my backyard. They keep the bunnies away. I actually saved three bushes in our yard this year. If you have so many lemons, what you can actually do is to freeze the lemon juice. I love to take an ice cube tray. I don't dilute the lemon juice. I just put maybe uh, two teaspoons of lemon juice in the bottom of the ice cube tray, freeze it. Sometimes if I'm feeling fancy, I'll add a little fresh ginger in there or turmeric, or sometimes I'll just leave it just plain lemon juice. So when you're ready for hot lemon water, cold water, 
with a fresh lemon and I just pop an ice cube out. Super easy, incredibly great way to preserve your fresh lemons. Another thing you can do is that lemon juice you can use for all sorts of cooking and baking needs. It's just so handy having just a little two teaspoons. It's perfect for any occasion. One caution when you're, if you're having too much lemons, it's really hard on your enamel of your teeth. So beware, you um, might wanna drink some lemon juice with a straw if you're having some issues. With that, let me wrap up with prayer today. Dear Father, thank you so much for today. I pray that you bless this person with great favor and joy. May your presence be so thick on them today that nothing else matters but you. Lord, please fill them with dreams, visions, that they will be clear on their direction that you have set for them. May they know what to do today, this week, and this month that aligns with your path, your desire for them, because your ways. I thank you, Lord, and I praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me today as we explore the powerful whispers of God. I hope you've been inspired, uplifted, and equipped with practical ways to experience His presence in your everyday life. A special thank you to those who have rated, shared, or commented on my podcast. Your input warms my heart. Remember, the journey doesn't end here. Stay connected with me on my website at kristajoyministries.com. And be sure to sign up for my newsletter on my main webpage. Or connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Powerful Whispers Podcast to continue the conversation and stay updated on upcoming episodes. Until next time, I'm Krista Joy signing off. May your journey be blessed with an abundance of God's whispers for you. And make sure to grab hold of the gentle nudges from God.